Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today by my new colleague and co-host for tonight, CONCACAF broadcaster Jordan Angeli. On tonight's episode, we're going live with a recap of the United States Women's National Team 3-0 victory over Costa Rica. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We want to let you know, quick reminder, that we're nominated for the best female hosted podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. We appreciate everything you all do for us and whenever you hop on and join us during these moments. So if you appreciate uh, the show and support us enough to nominate us to advance to the final round, go and nominate Attacking Third at podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up and then toggle on down to the female hosted podcast category. doesn't take long, just about a minute or so. And we also have a link in the episode description and a QR code in the corner of this YouTube episode. But uh, that's not all. We also got nominated for another one, uh, the World Soccer Talk Best Podcast. You can vote at worldsoccertalk.com. So thank you all so much for joining us today. Lisa, I'm so happy. Or excuse me, I'm already like getting out of Yes, <laughs> that was amazing. Morning. I'm so happy you're here because... We had to let our girl Lisa take a break. Like she had yes. some vacation locked in and it just so happened that it just sort of fell along this time. Mm-hmm. So she's in some sun and R&R and we appreciate that. And I appreciate you. Oh my gosh. Here, Jordan. Happy to help out. I loved coming on. Gosh, was that a week and a half ago now or a week ago? I don't know. These <laughs> last couple of weeks, I feel like have. That's so, we were literally just talking off mic and we'll bring it on here for, sure. for the audience. We were like, it, it loves to <laughs> cover a game, whether it's calling it, writing it, yes. whatever. And then all of a sudden you look outside the window and you're like, oh, it's dark outside now. Yeah. <laughs> life, life just happened. So yeah, I'm happy to help out. Glad Lisa got to take a little time away and We've got a pretty good one to talk about because it's not just a, a game that means a lot in the big run, the, the long run, but for the U.S. in a tournament that it seems like they're still trying to find their footing and they found a little bit more of it here tonight, I think. Maybe, maybe. We'll yeah. talk down half by half. We'll talk okay. about how it goes uh, 45 by 45. But uh, I guess congratulations are in order. It's a, it's a 3-0 victory if you're just joining us. Spoiler alert. Uh, United States defeating Costa Rica. This means they've got a place in the championship final of the CONCACAF W championship. Uh, there's still some things on the line here. Uh, spot in the 2024 upcoming, uh, the 2024 Olympics in Paris. A spot in the 2024 W Gold Cup as well. So that was kind of the energy going into this mm-hmm. one. Right, Jordan, like the storylines around it are just, once the United States women's national team clinched that World Cup spot, the energy was just like immediate shift in focus. It said, okay, so yeah. objective one done. Now we've got two and three to go through. It's, it's winning this tournament. It's earning that place in the Olympics and earning a place 
in the Gold Cup. And uh, yeah, that was the energy that they carried into this one against Costa Rica. You uh, weren't with us in the preview for, for Costa Rica. You were with us in the preview against Jamaica, but mm-hmm. Lisa chatted a little bit about like some of the potential things that we might see okay. in this game. And a lot of it was around the whole concept of player rotation. We've seen a lot of that in this yeah. track. We've seen it a lot in general from, from head coach Flacco Andonofsky and his coaching staff. And in this one, I'm just going to run down the starting 11 here. And I'd okay. love to hear your thoughts on it and share that with the audience here. So uh, in this match, the starting lineup was as follows. Uh, Casey Murphy in net. It was Alana Cook, Becky Sauron, Sophia Huerta, Mallory Pugh, Lindsay Horan, Sophia Smith, Alex Morgan, Emily Sané, Rose Lavelle, and Andy Sullivan. When, when you saw this 11 drop, Jordan, was there – Anyone who stood out in particular, or was there any was there a move here that made you scratch your head a little bit to break it down for us? I think the biggest change out of all of those is, and maybe it's not a change because we've seen this happening, is who is going to play in goal? Was it going to be Alyssa Nair? Was it going to be Casey Murphy? And regardless of who that player is next year in the World Cup, I think it's really important that Casey Murphy gets these opportunities because Alyssa Nair has been there, done that. And you kind of know what you're going to get from her. And both of them are playing in NWSL. They're getting minutes. They're playing, you know, helping their team do really well. So I think it's more important for Casey Murphy to get these opportunities. And there were moments where she looked a little shaky and we'll get to that as we, as we go on. But the experience there. That was the the big thing that stood out. Um, I think the rest of it, you know, with Emily Fox being in COVID protocols that m- made sense to have Sonnet in there. I liked maybe the biggest one, I guess would be Sophia Huerta. Yeah. Like it was awesome to see her get it, get a call from the beginning. And um, maybe there's a, a couple of different reasons why that happened. Not only her play in this tournament, but her ability to cross the ball in a really deep situ- defending situation, which I think the United States anticipated a lower block with a lot of players in front of uh, the back line or the goalkeeper. So it's a good shout to have Sofia Huerta in there, my fellow Santa Clara Bronco, I might say. And um, it, so I, I, I liked those two changes and I felt that that really helped this team, not only just in this game, but with the experience that they're going to have going forward. I'm with you on that. When I when I saw this 11 drop, I thought it was pretty much a good mix of what we've been seeing from this team throughout the duration of this tournament. But this is this was the official beginning of, of knockout rounds, right? Just a yeah. semifinal and then the championship final. Uh, but I think in this one, if it's the the primary you know version of a knockout round and then just the final, I was fine with these with these adjustments. You yeah. know, I think hearing Vleko talk about about still wanting to give time to players to sort of give them that experience. And I think in this, in this, at this point, if you've already got that world cup spot clinched and you're still sort of moving towards your next goal or your next ambition, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think if anything, if we're about a year out from the actual world cup and Mm -hmm. player pool is expanding, you're going to want to give these players. Exactly. Experiences like these knockout round scenarios mm-hmm. type of game experiences. And because, uh, oh, but, keep going. No, 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 no. I, I, oh. I was just going to conclude and say that, like, I think with sort of seeing, I'm in agreement with you, and that giving Murphy the start in this one wasn't necessarily a bad idea, quite yeah. frankly. Seeing 
the continuation and the development that we're seeing with with Smith and Pew along that front line, I think is was was really good, too. Mm-hmm. We also have to think that the United States are in a real advantage because they're going to have a lot of friendly games in, the, you know, in between this and when the World Cup happens. So they're going to have the opportunity for a listener to keep that job or to lose that job or for Casey Murphy to keep that job or to lose that job. So what a listener has right now that Casey Murphy doesn't is just those experiences. And you mentioned it, Sandra, right from the beginning is there was a flip that was switched when the United States got the ticket to the world cup. They said, okay, now we're on to our next task. And a knockout round is always a different mentality. And we saw that a little bit in this game with that when things didn't go right and they weren't getting the goals right away, how does this team stay in it? And um, those are good experiences for players to have. So we, we get kickoff. So the, the first whistle happened. <laughs> we see the starting 11 drop. And Costa Rica, like you mentioned, sort of at the top of this uh, the episode, is presenting similar shape that, you know, the, the similar game plan that this United States team has seen throughout the duration of this tournament. We saw them roll out with a, with a, with a five back, trying to stay compact and organized a bit since – you know, if you're going to do that, you're going to want the opportunity to take your your chances against the United States women's national team. And, and we saw Costa Rica get a couple yeah. set pieces there early on. And I thought, OK, well, like maybe this is something works, but they just weren't able to, you know, to uh, advance on those and or be able to convert. And when you can't when you don't do that against a team like the United States, what you know, whether they are rolling out with a. Uh, a starting 11 that has players competing in a qualification tournament for the first time, it's yeah. still dangerous. You, This is still the United States women's national team that has an Alex Morgan on mm-hmm. the pitch who can, you know, turn a game around on its head in any moment. So exactly. the fact that they had these early opportunities and they didn't convert them, I said, okay, this, this is likely going to allow this United States team to kind of play into the game a bit because maybe in those opening 15 minutes, we had seen a couple chances, but nothing necessarily on target. For, for the United States. And mm-hmm. it was it was really an interesting 20 to 30 minutes there that we saw between these two sides. I do think the reason why we saw some opportunities early on in those few, first few moments is because the United States I, I maybe got a little bit surprised by Costa Rica's ability to get to attack on the break. And once they kind of mitigated that and changed their rest defense and that shifted to how Andy Sullivan stayed a little bit back, back a little bit farther and allowed really the two eight, the two tens, two eights in front of her to get higher in between the lines that helped take away those opportunities for Costa Rica in the transition, but they did look dangerous and they've looked really dangerous on set pieces. So um, I kind of wasn't, I wasn't opposed to the challenge for the United States because I think those are things that they need to work on is if they are going to have a lot of the ball, they're going to have to be able to defend in counter situations. So um, good adjustments for them on that. But yeah, the first the first 20 minutes did feel like a little bit of, okay, how are we going to open this up, which we expected in this five, four, one mid to low block, because it really did move. They were in the middle part of the field at times, but didn't give space in behind a whole lot, made the United States play in between the lines, play through them if they could, maybe not so much centrally, but through the channels where the United States tried to attack. And the U.S. pulled a different, a few different things to try to do that. I think the work of Lindsey Horan was helpful in that, and it wasn't just in one space. I thought she popped up in not only the half space, but in the channel sometimes to then release Mallory Pugh centrally. 
But it started getting better for the United States, I felt like, when they got a little bit more rhythmic about it. It was a little slow at first, which, I mean, it was hot, right? Yeah, it was hot just watching it. Were you hot watching it? Because I kind of yeah, We probably should have led with that. Maybe we're, we're going to we're gonna give people the weather now every time we hop on. Yeah. It's true. It was. It looked pretty blazing out there. I mean, this was the – of the two semifinals, this was the earlier of the two kickoffs. So it's, kickoff, so it's like you're going to have – sun you're gonna have heat you know beating down on you I, I i was a little curious if we were gonna see like sun and areas of shade that were gonna come into play perhaps yeah for the, the two goalkeepers on the pitch but right. it, it didn't really turn into that type of games and i, I don't know if i would call it like timidness or you know establishing your timing or tempo in this moment but it took about a half hour yeah. right, for, for this team to start looking like they were going to and and we got a lot of firsts tonight which which we'll talk about but Emily Sonnet breaking the deadlock in the 34th minute on a you know I guess sort of a, a scrappy kind of goal we'll, mm-hmm. we'll call it maybe prior to this this goal coming through there were some some moments where you're just wondering oh like they just missed the the, the finish on this piece and then of course the bake the breakthrough goal comes sort of through this kind of like scrappy fumbling type of uh, mm-hmm. goal that gets toe poked into the back uh, of the neck what did what did you think of this sequence as you saw it unfold well, Emily Sonnet to me has become the like Heather O'Reilly when it comes to facial expressions of this um, new era of U.S. Women's National Team. If you've watched the the women for a long time, you know exactly what I mean. I love close-ups of Emily Sonnet and the intensity and the just wackiness that we've seen not only in NWSL, but here with the Women's National Team as well. I, I thought it was maybe the way that the U.S. were going to get a goal because the they had broken Costa Rica down a few different times. It was right off the bat. Alex Morgan missed. And then a good deep cross from Pew and Alex, Alex Morgan missed again. And then I believe it was off a corner kick in the 19th minute. And there was a really good combination play where they actually let the play develop a little bit and let Costa Rica move out of the passing lane. And it was, I think Pew to Morgan to Lavelle in that cross that went across the whole entire box that, I felt like that was really the changing point is the United States in the first 30 minutes, it felt like there were the decision making as to when we could go really, they could go fast. It felt like it had to be one touch and it doesn't always have to be one touch to be fast. It can be fast in two touches and keep possession and move the ball forward and, and break between the lines. And that possession, I think, opened them up to see that there was a little bit more time for them in between the lines to take a touch, open up and play those little balls through. But the corner kick did feel like, okay, now at least we got the goal out from, you know, we, we got one goal and now we can see how we can break them down through the run of play because it wasn't as if they weren't breaking them down. It was this, that last touch wasn't there. It was a little too rushed at moments, um, but it's scrappy and you have to be scrappy. Sometimes you have to have this mixture of like, we can play good soccer, but we also can have grit and, um, crawl on the ground to toe poke one in. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. But I think, I mean, you know, it's representative of, of and indicative, quite frankly, of what can happen in a type mm-hmm. of like a high stakes tournament like yeah. this. And you can be, you can be coming off of, you know, we saw it with Mexico, you could be coming off of a wildly undefeated streak. And sometimes you just got to like dig your hands in the dirt and just yes. make it happen. So this, or this- Sandra, you could be playing you could be getting outplayed and get an opportunity on a set piece and that could be your opportunity. So I think 
for either one of those things. It's, you know, in big, big tournaments, you need to have that mentality on, on set pieces because in the Euros, we're seeing that's being, that's been the factor a lot. Yeah, for sure. And I think like even going into this, into this game, when you're talking about, you know, sort of the potential game plans between both of these teams and how maybe for Costa Rica, the opportunity was going to lie within something like, you know, special teams or whether it's an off of a free kick or corner kick, whatever. And that just didn't it kind of flip the script a little bit, you know, yeah. in the in moment uh, with Sonnet. So for a uh, first uh, goal for her in the tournament, first of her national team uh, career. And then we had another first uh, happen in this tournament, uh, Mallory Pugh gets on, on the scoreboard for the United States women's national team, extends the scoreline for this team just ahead of halftime. We're talking about into stoppage time of mm-hmm. the first 45 minutes. And this was, this sort of was the goal that perhaps felt a little bit representative of what this team has been trying to do during this tournament, which is a score goals and win the games. Right. But do yeah. it in these types of different ways. So the fact that we kind of had this first goal happen the way that it did with Sana and then kind of had this beautiful counter press lead to this breakthrough goal for, for Mallory P uh-huh. with Smith winning the ball and, and Rose LaBelle getting on yeah. it. Back heel flick. Great. Uh, by Pugh into the box. It was, it was fantastic. What'd you think of this sequence? Mm. That's what you thought. Chef's kiss. I love it. It was so good. What I liked about it and what I liked for a lot of the game was the way Lindsay Horan played. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't super effective at the beginning of the game, but you could see her testing the waters. Okay, where can I get the ball that helps open something else up? And when the United States were attacking, and specifically when they were attacking down their left side, Sofia Huerta was pressing up pretty high in that first half, right? We heard Ali Wagner talk about that. And what that does is then it shifts those three forwards slightly to the left, right? Because you almost have... Huerta can cover that space as a winger, and now your winger can tuck inside, almost become a second forward with Alex Morgan, and then your winger on the near side, which was Sophia Smith in this this moment, um, could come and help and double team the ball. So Lindsay Horan popping out from that half space where she usually likes to play into the channel, it then allowed her and Mallory Pugh to create something there. It was not a great ball by Lindsay Horan. I think she tried to play it into Alex Morgan. But then there were so many numbers close to the top of the box. Their counter press worked out. And when you have Rose Lavelle, then that central spot, she is just so cheeky and witty and understands that sometimes you have to be deceptive in the way that you're playing the ball. And there, her and Mallory Pugh were on the same exact page. And you love to see that because Mallory Pugh has been playing amazing, really good. And to, to see her get a goal is just a little bit of a relief in this tournament. Um so, yeah, I loved that goal. Maybe one of my favorite goals we've seen in this tournament. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a highlight real worthy. For yeah. Sure. We'll see if that makes some of the best, the top tens, right? Where we always see these plays come through right. late night sports matches. But a good way to close out uh, a first half sort of felt like, okay, this is this is mm-hmm. the end that you want to take into halftime. And perhaps we were going to see this scoreline uh, you know, balloon a little bit, but that wasn't necessarily the case. We have some more things to talk about uh, in this game to break down the second half. We're going to be back to break it all down after a quick break. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're watching this on YouTube, we just played the trailer for the only the Brian Scurry documentary now on Paramount Plus made its premiere on July 12th. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Get I haven't. Did you watch? I've been I've been saving it. It's 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 like my reward for when I get through this. These <laughs> games, these games. Yeah. Okay, I like that. It I looks we're both incredible. Reacting to it with each other, like when we're both watching it. Probably. Yeah. I love that. So everybody, definitely. Check yeah. it out if you get the chance. I've only been hearing and, and seeing a good reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hello to everyone. If you are just joining us now in this second half of the episode, want to remind you we're nominated for the Best Female Hosted Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. So vote for Attacking Third at podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. Talk it down to the Female Hosted Podcast category and uh, vote for us and the world soccer talk nominated us as well. So vote for us at worldsoccertalk.com for best podcast. We really do appreciate all of the support and all of the votes. Let's break down the rest of this game. Jordan second half, we got to maybe talk about perhaps what we were anticipating at halftime, because again, we, we started talking about this with the starting 11 about mm-hmm. player rotations, how that's something that we've seen, uh, from the U.S. Women's National Team pretty often in this game. But we didn't see any immediate uh, substitutions or adjustments made right directly at the half for the U.S. That that came more by way for for Costa Rica, uh, bringing in a couple other players. I mean, we, we got to see uh, Melissa Herrera in, in the second half. Of, mm-hmm. uh, that was some of the other storyline right behind Costa Rica, that this was a starting 11 that looked different for Costa Rica compared to yeah. – the 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 11s that uh, Amalia Valverde was putting out there during this tournament. So I was curious if maybe these moves were going to change things a little bit for Costa Rica, what impact they would have had against the United States. Uh, because, again, they were going into that locker room with, with all the momentum at this point coming off of that goal from Mallory. Yeah. But we did not see another goal from this team until – at the death, stoppage yeah. time, you know, stoppage time in, in the second half. So let's maybe talk about uh, the areas in the pitch here that maybe we can, you know, point at and, and, and moving mm-hmm. forward at this team. What are we looking at here, in your opinion, Jordan, in terms of the performances out of this middle third? To yeah, me? yeah. I'm going to start with since you said no halftime subs. I'm going to start with I would have liked to seen Trinity Rodman from half. I, I think we've seen what we're going to see from Sophia Smith and Mallory Pugh. And that could have been a substitution that allows her to have a little bit of time to run out a team who is of a little bit better quality than the teams that they have played 
um, in the group play. So I, I was a little disappointed with that because she, Rodman is a player who she really feels the game and she needs to be out there to feel her teammates and their movements and how to work with them. So I wanted to see some more time from her. Um, I thought that this second half was especially after the substitution. So the United States had a couple of good looks um, at the beginning of, of the, the second half um, through, I know there was a Lindsay Horan header. There was another opportunity that I of course didn't write down, um, but a, a couple of good looks. And it was through those same kind of interchanges where it's either a two V two in the channel or a little slip pass into that half space, either um, on the near side of the 18 or the far side of the 18. And we, we've seen the U.S. execute those types of things. It just did seem a little bit off credit Costa Rica because I do th- think that they defended pretty well and pretty together this whole entire 90 minutes, even though they gave up three goals. I thought that they made it difficult on the United States. But when those substitutions happened, when Sanchez came in for Haran, Rapino for Pew, and um, not so much Germa, because I, I think that you know she's another player I would have liked to see more minutes from in this game. And maybe we'll see that in the final. Uh, with those two attacking players, it felt like uh, the rhythm was gone. Did you feel that, Sandra? Like It felt like they hit the reset button, but in reverse, if that makes sense. Like, they hit the reset button in the second half mm-hmm. to like kind of start the game over a little bit, if that makes sense. like it, It's almost like they were building off of that momentum that mm. they had finally established. In in late in that first half, at least for me, anyway, as I was watching, right. Instead of building off what they had just kind of set, they started back over and built back up. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, it just it felt very um, cumbersome, like the, yeah. like they were trying really difficult to to figure out a way again to break this team down. Which maybe that was a little bit more energized Costa Rica team. I, I would say the one thing that I really noticed in the second half that um, you you mentioned the inclusion of Herrera for Costa Rica, and she is a good winger, fast, speedy, left-footed player, and she played and she occupied a space that made Sofia Huerta's positioning and attack look different. Um, because of that. I think that the United States should have attacked down that side a little bit more and made her defend and say, okay, Rose Lavelle, you know, I talked a lot about what Lindsay Horan did in those half spaces and in the channel on the left side, but I think we could get more out of Rose Lavelle in the half spaces and the channel and those combinations on the right side. And that could have been with the inclusion of Sofia Huerta because then you're making, you're not so worried about Herrera going the other way. You're saying, we're going to, you're going to have to defend us first and then we'll get back together. You know, we'll go in that opposite um, transition moment together because they were a little bit more cautious. I thought there were some iffy moments there for that right side of the defense. And this is the challenging part with the United States when they do have so much ball possession and dominance when it comes to the way that they can keep the ball is you don't often see a lot of how they are going to defend um opposing teams in transition moments. I know I mentioned that in the first half, but even through mistakes and we saw a couple of mistakes between um, players defending on that right side. It wasn't one player in in particular, you know, it was just a misclearance or a miscommunication. And then they're scattering and stumbling to get back into their defensive shape. 
And those were the moments where I'm like, okay, there is still something to build on in that, in those defensive responsibilities and how they're going to defend um, a team, you know, potentially like Canada or Jamaica in this next game, but then looking beyond at what's next in the World Cup. Like those are the, the things that I think of in these types of games is how does the United States get better from a game where they're dominating the possession of play? Yeah, I'm almost kind of wondering if like, <laughs> it's hard for me to tell as I'm watching the game or, or trying to analyze it if this if, if this is something that they're all being potentially challenged with from the coaching staff mm. you know like mm-hmm. it, it's almost like we're watching the team play two different games over the course of two different over the course of one game within the two halves if that makes sense so yeah. I'm just like you know watching some of that disconnect that we saw from that first half sort of resurface a little bit yeah and after me was something to sort of know and take that which is what I was really sort of eager to sort of hear your takes on on that middle third and you know maybe the argument can also be you know people will say about the rotation maybe they'll also talk about the fact that there are some linger lingering injuries you know going on affecting movement and stuff like that and that's always going to be I think in in the front of people's minds uh, as well and I think within this, like seeing the substitutions like happen and, and roll out in this game as they did when you brought up Rodman specifically, mm-hmm. this is also a player that I, during the preview again, that you were, you weren't with us with, but that we had talked a little bit about my, yeah. myself that maybe this was the game that we were going to see um, Rodman again, a run out and really just sort of kind of unleash a player like this, so to speak on, on, on a team during mm-hmm. a knockout round where, there's perhaps not a lot of footage within the tournament on this particular player and yeah. what she could present to the opposition and to defenses specifically, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm a little curious if, if this is with one game remaining, like if this is how we're going to yeah. these types of players be utilized. Well, that makes me think too, if, if you're bringing in, I thought that these players don't know Ashley Sanchez that well either. And Ashley Sanchez is so tricky on the ball that I do think that the timing of the runs are, they just have to be ready for her to take another player on to cut it back and then take the player on again. You know, like she, her timing on the ball is so different than either of the other, you know, Rose Lavelle or Lindsay Horan, that it makes it a little bit difficult for the players around her, unless they play with her a lot to time their runs in the box which would have been a great sub at halftime, bring in Ashley Sanchez and Trinity Rodman and let them play together because those two connect well. They understand each other. Um, I get that they don't have the experience, but it didn't feel like it didn't feel like from what we saw in the first half for Costa Rica that they were going to come back in this game. Unfortunately, it just no, didn't I hear you on that, but it also goes back to those like kind of points that we were talking about where like, if these are, if this is, if these are the moments in this is the tournament in which you are trying to get these players as part of the extended pool, that experience in those minutes, like why aren't yeah. they necessarily being utilized? So there's a lot, like, again, there's a lot of, that almost sort yeah. of has, has felt at times as if we're, uh, have been talking about this, uh, going in circles almost, but, <laughs> but yeah. speaking of Sanchez, you brought up, got that third goal. So this game does end three, zero, uh, a little bit of a statement goal. I loved the body uh-huh. language, uh, quite frankly, in the, in the celebration after that from Sanchez. Just boom, back of net, you know, did my job. Let's go. Yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, I hope me I hope too. it was a statement. Like, get me in this game. Keep me in this game. 
look what yeah. I you know, look at me and what I can do. So I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens because what this means now for the United States is they they have a, achieved another objective. They're in the final. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will be playing for a, a spot in the Olympics in the Gold Cup. They will play the eventual winner of uh, Jamaica and Canada. And we're don't worry, everyone. We're gonna get you off soon to to go and watch that game because we want to watch it too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. What do you want to see from this team? From the U.S.? This game going into the final. What do you want to see? Yeah, I. It's hard to say it's like one thing specifically, but it does feel like it needs to have a little bit. I, I don't know. I feel like this team has had an identity for so long and it, it's a new group of players and they almost have the ability to build their own identity and say, this is who, this is who we are. I want to see them play a little bit more free in moments. Cause I think the the moments that we see them in attack where, for example, the Rose Lavelle back heel, right? I think of Rose Lavelle, how she played a f- in the world cup. There's like a freedom to way that, that she used to play. And I'm not saying it's specifically like what is being told for them to do, or is it them saying, I have to keep my spot? You know, like, I feel like there's a little tension within this group as to, like, how are we going to figure this out? I want to just see them play with confidence, you know, that that they are a really good team. But that confidence is off the ball movement. It is changing lines positionally, like those mid those forwards coming into the midfield line. We'll see seeing counter runs from the midfielders in behind just a little bit more movement off the ball. I think that's what's been lacking in this. Um, And when we have seen them score really good goals, it has been togetherness movement off the ball and that killer instinct. So um, I think, I think just a little bit more of that, like that movement off the ball has lacked a little. I'm with you. I'm hoping for a little bit of a save the best for last. Yeah. Uh, no matter who the opposition is. And we'll find right. out soon enough with the game coming up. Jordan, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. I appreciate you so much chatting all things yeah. United States women's soccer with us. Thank you to everybody for joining us tonight in the live and listening to us break down the victory between the United States and over Costa Rica. Uh, everybody, another reminder, thanks for nominating us for the Best Female Hosted Podcast. You can continue to vote for us to advance it to the final round. So vote for Attacking Third at podcastawards.com and also at worldsoccertalk.com. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We're also available as video. Subscribe, visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we will be back with more coverage of the (laughs) Comcap W Championship. We've got a couple more games left, y'all. For Sandra and Jordan Angeli, this was Attacking Third.